Welcome to the Reliance Community Podcast. Worship with us on Sunday mornings at 9 o'clock or 1045 a.m. We hope you're encouraged by today's message. A journey of uh, 30 years or so in the ministry involves a little section of time where the Lord convicted me about seven years in. I was planting churches and convicted me about uh, building his church. And he clearly says in Matthew 16 that he's the one who builds the church. And it was a very profound time for me. My wife says I limp to this day because of this encounter where I, full of passion and zeal and pride and all that stuff, was just going after it in the kingdom. And the Lord said the word I mentioned in the last service that I was basically producing Ishmael and he wanted Isaac. And you'll remember what the encounter is in the scripture that, but Abraham, full of a promise from God, 10 years after it at 85, gets nervous that the promise of God is not going to get pulled off. And so he and his wife go get Hagar, the Egyptian maid, and they produce Ishmael, which is still kicking wildly on the earth to this day. And the Lord did not want him to do that, obviously, to go with a sincere heart trying to produce something for God. I think we all struggle with that. How many in the room love God? Say amen. That is so awesome, and you got to steward that thing because the Lord, it's awesome that you love him, but sometimes when we love him and we know kind of what he wants, we kind of mess up, try to walk out that balance with what's the Holy Spirit's job and what's ours. I was caught up with passion and zeal and vision and dream trying to build the church, and the Lord says, I don't want you to do that. I want what's of Isaac. I want you to wait on me like Abraham till he was as good as dead, and then the Lord does a miracle and brings forth Isaac that brings forth the Jewish people and our Messiah that we have. It's a beautiful thing. Well, that whole encounter really anchored my heart in a powerful way in Matthew 16. You'll know this passage, but Jesus asked the, boy, he t- asked the boys the most profound question on planet Earth that I hope you've answered and everyone on the planet will have to answer, and it's this. Who do people say that the Son of Man is? He says to the 12. And they said, some say John the Baptist, and others say Elijah, and others Jeremiah. And one of them uh, said the prophets. And he said to them, but what about you? You guys are telling me what other people are telling me and what grandma and grandpa and everybody says. What about you? What is your heart understanding of who I am? Simon Peter replies, you're the Christ, the Messiah, the anointed one. You're the son of the living God. Jesus answered him, and the Greek is active here. He's pumped. Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood, human being didn't give this to you. This wasn't revealed to you, but it was revealed by my Father who's in heaven. And I tell you that you're our Peter, and on this rock I will build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I'll give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. I love this passage. I love this passage because this tells me that Jesus is up to something, and what he's up to is a building program. And the building program has nothing to do with brick or mortar. It has nothing to do with organizations or man's missions. It has everything to do with him taking living people who are transformed, brought out of Adam, brought into Christ, filled with the Spirit, then he's building them together into building this ecclesia, this church. It's a supernatural living uh, people. Everybody that's saved in the room, say amen. amen. So I got a bunch of living stones in this room, according to Peter. 30 years later, he's going to write, after giving his life away here for the gospel, he'll write in 1 Peter chapter 2, as you come to him, Jesus, 
a living stone rejected by men, but in the sight of God chosen and precious. You yourselves are like living stones. Are being, you're being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. I wonder today if you sense the momentum from heaven and from the Holy Spirit who's inside you and outside you. He's working to get you into agreement with his building program. He is building something glorious on the planet. It's plan A for the redemption of the planet with no plan B. And what it is, is you and me. It's you and me being redeemed by him and supernaturally filled with the Spirit with God's thought and architecture in his mind about what piece you would play and what part you would play. God's not waiting for you to get saved, get out of hell, get to heaven, and then you sit down at a table and you decide, here's what I'd like to do for him. You see, Jesus has a God complex. He's in charge. Everybody know that. He's the Lord. He's thought this out. He's got a vision. He's got a dream for you. You don't need to waste time coming up with a vision. You need to discern his vision for you. When you were knitted together in your little mommy's womb, in Psalms 139, it said he knitted your inner parts and your outer parts. Your body, your soul, your spirit were all designed by the architect of the universe. He's got a thought about you, and you are designed perfectly to manifest his glory. Now, the devil has been working on you ever since you were born to distract you from reconciliation with Jesus, which comes alone through the atonement of Christ, and not only that, but to get you distracted from your divine purpose on planet Earth. Everybody that thinks that God made them, say amen. Everybody that knows that God had thoughts when he made you, say amen. This is not some random crapshoot, and we'll see what they turn into, how they pull themselves up by their belt, you know, and make something out of themselves. God's got a plan, and he's asking you to discern it, to get the blueprint, and to understand who you are. I love to preach about this because what I'm doing is I'm preaching about who you already are. I'm going to show you some stuff out of the Bible that's going to talk about you. And I need you to interact with me because right now I'm up here waving my hands and talking entirely too fast. And I'm here full of passion, but I'm, gonna, I'm moving in the anointing of the Holy Spirit because the Spirit of God's in me. And not only that, but I'm moving in my lane. I'm made to do this right here. I'm made to be a kingdom midwife. And I'm getting the church up in the stirrups, and I'm going to unbreach. Everybody okay with all the? We had nine kids, man. We had nine kids. You got to put up with it. Whatever metaphor do I have? You know, that's, that's the deal. But I want to get you unbreached. Because I don't think the church needs to have an impartation of new ideas and strategies and schemes. I think the church needs uncorked with the glory that's inside her already. That's a big deal. It's an apostolic revelation from the New Testament. Paul will often say, this is why you're, he won't say, you're lacking, you're lacking. He'll say, don't you know who you already are? I'm shocked you're not walking this out. And he's trying to uncork them so that the glory that's inside the temple will manifest and come out and touch the earth. Paul had this revelation. He'll say in Ephesians chapter 2, so then you are no longer strangers and aliens to the covenant of God, but you are fellow citizens of his family, saints and members of the household of God, built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone, in whom the whole structure being joined together, that's you, 
not a brick and mortar, you, grows up into a holy temple, a living, organic holy temple in the Lord. In him, you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by his spirit. God has every intention of invading planet earth. This planet was made for his glory. This planet was infected by a rebellious angel and a third of the angels that went into that rebellion infected it with darkness and with satanic influence. Then Adam and Eve, who were to be his glorious image-bearing partners, were to bring the dynamic rule of God back on planet earth, but they fell into the seduction of a lying snake who was Satan, and they got into league with him and became sinners, not saints. They became propagators of unrighteousness, not righteousness. And in that, this whole earth is groaning, Romans 8 will say, longing to be liberated from this drama. Does everybody understand that drama? God has one way to end the drama. The great climax will be that the one we love will split the eastern sky and end this craziness, put the devil in a pit forever and break the curse of sick and sickness off the planet. But until that day, until that day, God's got a plan. It's called the church. You and I are the supernatural carriers of the gospel and of the presence of God to planet earth. He has every intention of filling the whole earth. Habakkuk 2.14 says, the knowledge of the glory of the Lord will fill all the earth like the waters cover the sea. How does that happen? Not some glowing cloud that comes over the earth. It's me and you. It's me and you multiplying as we obey Jesus and don't make audiences, but make disciples. God never said, go ye therefore and make audiences, build buildings where people come and sit for one hour and listen to Aaron as he thrashes in the pulpit. He didn't say that. He didn't say that you come and, you know, the little guitar people will come and, come and he said, make disciples. That is wholehearted lovers of Jesus have been radically transformed pulling, bringing forth the presence of God everywhere they go, infecting neighborhoods, bringing it to businesses in every sphere of culture. You and I are the divine invaders. And I'm not just trying to rally you. I've read my Bible. That's what the deal is. We're to be more about going than coming. This meeting right here is to to prepare the goers. You're all goers. The most dynamic stuff happens after this hour and a half every week. When you go out and go on mission, bringing heaven into the earth realm. Everybody with me so far? Here's the dealio. This is the dealio. Is that the enemy has been raging to get you confused about what your part is in that. You are not to join an organization and then get a little job from them to keep that organization going so it's successful. You are to bring the kingdom of God on planet earth. The only way you do that is to get settled in your identity in Christ, fully who you are, and your identity in your giftings and in your grace. The scriptures are very clear that when you were born again, you received two graces. The word grace means the unmerited favor. Stay with me here. It's very important. Two graces you received. I, it happened for me at 10. I had a profound, deep, real salvation at 10 years old. And when I got saved, I received first grace for salvation. Grace for salvation is talked about in Ephesians 2. You all know it. Verse 8. For by grace, the unmerited favor of God, the full atoning work of Jesus, you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It's a gift of God, not the result of works, so that no one may boast. When I was 10 years old, 
And I had one week before that where I couldn't sleep at night. I felt such conviction and blackness of heart. At that moment, I knew I was separated from God. I could literally see the chasm. I'm separated. When I got the good news that I didn't have to scale that chasm myself, but that Jesus had already done it by his blood on the cross, receiving the wrath of God for me, and then rose from the dead to prove that it was no mere martyrdom, that was good news to my heart. No one said, and they told me the gospel right. Sam, you're going to need to read your Bible more. You're going to need to pray more. You need to go to church on a regular basis. Then God will like you. That would have been a lie, a religious spirit lie. That's not what they told me. They told me this is a free gift of grace, that Jesus did all the work for my salvation. How, does, how do sins get paid for, everybody? The blood of Jesus. How do we get saved? The work of Jesus. You enter into that rest by his grace. Nothing you can do will add anything to your salvation. Jesus did it all, and everybody's thankful for that. Say amen. Amen. Isn't that great news? The gospel. But it's not the only grace you got. It's not the only grace you got. The Holy Spirit did a miracle in you. He transformed you and made you a new creation. Literally, his spirit came to live inside you, and he dispensed what I like to call a grace clustering, if you will. And it's different for everybody in this room. Some of you got some similar giftings, but you got the grace of gifting also. This is talked about in Romans chapter 12, verses uh, 3 through 8, but I'm going to start at 6. We have, now watch, I'm going to read about you. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us, not just some of you. If you're a believer, everyone's been given one of these or more of these seven graces, okay? If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it's serving, then serve. If it's teaching, then teach. If it's to encourage, then encourage, and some of your versions will have exhortation. If it's giving, then give generously. If it's leadership or leading, then do that diligently. If it's showing mercy, do it cheerfully. These seven gifts that I've underlined right here, you have, if you're a believer, at least one. You probably have a few. You do not have them all because only Jesus had them all. And God designed the body that we would all need one another because when all seven of these manifest, Jesus manifests in fullness. There's a name for the Holy Spirit in Revelation chapter 1. It's called the sevenfold spirit that's before the throne of God. I believe it's this. I believe this is the seven foes. Now, there are a couple places in your Bible that talk about gifts. But in some of these places, and I'll get there, there are gifts that come and go. They come and go per a situation. This is not that. This is a permanent personality uh, uh, design gift in your life. And I need you today to think with me about where you are. This is the thing I want to uncork out of you, is I want you to walk forth in your grace in a more powerful way. So let me break it down for you, and please think with me as I talk about and I reveal who you are. Number one, prophecy is a revelatory grace that discerns and speaks the mind of God about a person or a situation. You see that first one? Everybody look up there. It's a revelatory grace. It's, it's the knowing and the now. It discerns what God's saying right now, discerning spirits, discerning people. You dream, you vision. We know you people. You discern things, and you sense what God's saying in the now. Serving, it's a working grace that accomplishes practical uh, tasks. This is not some just generic uh, fleshly thing. It's a supernatural gift inside you that motivates you to accomplish things. Number three is a teaching. It's revelatory grace that brings forth truth from the Scripture. 
The prophetic grace is revelatory in that it's sensing what God's saying right now. The teaching grace is breaking up the Bible. I'm doing that right now. I'm breaking up the scriptures for you. Number four, exhortation is an encouraging grace that builds up hope and faith. These are the coaches and cheerleaders in the body of Christ. Giving is a financial grace. That's the context that supplies needs. Six, leadership is a headship or point man or woman grace that releases vision and brings order to accomplish. And lastly, mercy. It's a compassion grace that reveals the love and the heart of the Lord to comfort and heal. If you're a Christian in this room, I've just read about you or talked about you at some level. You've got at least one of these. You've got a few. And it is, it is very important that you know uh, what they are so that you can stay in your anointing. There's a difference, listen, between talent and gifting. And the body of Christ has been messed up by this. Right now, I'm my talent, pardon me saying it, but my talent is talking, all right? I have a bizarre memory for Bible verses. I just do. I remember them. I can see it on the page. It's been like that since I was 10. I have a talent. That's my talent. No devil is is intimidated by my ability to memorize scripture and my ability to put sentences together. But what does break the power of the enemy is when an anointing of teaching that manifests through that talent begins to flow through my life. Does that make sense? When Ryan Wallace is up here playing his little guitar and bouncing all around... His ability to play his guitar and sing with his voice, and he's got a bit of a jig to him. He's white chocolate. I love it. When he's doing that, oh, sorry, I'm going to pay for that. I know later. But uh, that's a talent. That's a talent. That's not, there's no enemy that's intimidated by him playing the guitar well, but here's what it is. Ryan's got a gift of encouragement in him, a gift of exhortation. Bree, I mean, Bree's just all over the place, this voice of an angel, you know, roaring. That's wonderful. That's her talent. That's not a gifting. Her gifting is prophecy, and she loves to release mercy, and she she can't help herself. I mean, I'm always, city events or whatever, I'm like, all right, you know, because it's just flowing out of Bree. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. But you need to know the church has been running by talent for way too long. We love your talents, but your talents are just like worldly stuff if you don't have the anointing and power of gifting behind them. Does that make sense to most of you? So important. The devil has a high stake in this. I promise you, you've been being raged on during your, before you were saved and especially after you're saved to keep you out of your anointing and your grace and your gifting. It's been happening in all kinds of bizarre kinds of ways. And I want to just say a couple things about these giftings and then we're going to do some moving around the room just a little bit. These giftings are permanently in you. They do not come and go like the manifestation gifts. Manifestation gifts are gifts in Romans or 1 Corinthians 12. They come right when you need it for the situation. You get the discernment. You get the gift of faith. You get the tongue. You get the interpretation. It's wonderful. But they come and they go. They're manifestation gifts. This is not that. These are grace gifts that are in you on a regular basis, meaning you can mature in them. I don't have to say, God, would you allow me to move in my leadership gifting right now? Would you allow me to move? Now, I got to stay in the spirit, mind you, but it's always resident within me. I can move in that thing because he made me a leader teacher with a splash of prophecy in the body of Christ. These gifts determine your spiritual personality. They determine how you think about the kingdom. 
Amy and I are different. I'm leadership, teaching with some prophecies. She's more encouragement, mercy. We think about parenting a little bit different. We think about marriage. We think and perceive the things in the kingdom because we think about them from the view of our, of our spiritual gifts. Service people are constantly, can we just get some stuff done? Prophecy people are like, can we get in the prayer room again and just get a word? The teacher's are like, when are we going to have the Bible study? Right? The leadership are like, let's get these people organized. This is crazy. It's out of order. The mercy people are, can we just love on people? I just want a hug. Can we just hug? I love you people, you weirdos. <laughs> it's a beautiful thing, but it determines how you view the kingdom. I'm telling you, Amy and I, uh, I was telling the story. We had a guy on staff whose dad shot himself, and we, um, he came and told us one of the most profoundly store, uh, painful stories. The guy lived, by the way, and got the gospel later. But I'm at one end of the table. Amy's the other end of the table. I tell this all the time. I'm at one end of the table. This guy's doing this. He's telling us his story. You know what's coming up out of me? Bible verses. Vision. I want to lead the guy. I'm telling him. I don't got a tear in my eye. Amy's down at the other end. You know what she's doing? <laughs> Cry. Wants to hold him, pull him in. She's feeling it viscerally inside her. Listen, if we don't know who we are, if, you, if we don't know who we are, I'm down at this end thinking, oh my gosh, look at it. Amy's more spiritual. I need counseling. I don't have one, one tear in my eye. Amy could be at the other end going, I didn't think of one Bible verse. Sam did like 15. Am I even saved? If she doesn't know who she is, the devil's right there to rip on you, to compare you against other believers. Anybody felt that before? Hate the devil. It's because we've lacked revelation about this and appreciation of knowing who we are and how we develop with others. Listen, marriages, this is a huge deal. It's a huge deal. I mean, a ton of your problems are coming because your giftings are different, and you don't really understand it. You know what I mean? I, I, I told I, I got a pastor couple that like was with me, and they were they were pastor in Oklahoma. He is encouragement, mercy. She's prophetic serving. She he loved everybody that walked through the door. Everybody walks the door is good. We're gonna love them, love them, love them, love them, love them. She's everybody walks through the door. She's re, that's a good. That, they're up to no good. They're good. That's they're manipulating, playing. They're really serious. He's over here in his encouragement love going, you critical, whatever, judgmental. She's over here going, you naive. And I describe it like it's like two magnets you're trying to press together. You ever done that when it's the opposite that don't do that? It's, you're trying to push these things together. They got power, but we had to get them turned around. I whiteboarded them. They saw it and went, oh, that's why, that's why I think that way. That's why I do that way, because I'm gifted. What if we match these together? Then we got prophetic service, encouragement, mercy, bigger Jesus than we had before. They learned that and started bearing fruit all over the place. He told me, it's kind of funny, he goes, I was mad at her all the time because she's critical, but she was right almost all the time. <laughs> and that's really hard for me to admit. But marriage is in this room, I'll bet you anything, if you don't understand who each other are in the spirit and spiritual gifting, I bet you're viewing life, parenting, money, church in a different way. If you would get revelation about this, there'll be much more peace and a bigger Jesus manifestation in all you do. Your babies, your children, you've got to help them through knowing who they are. Your babies are grown, especially they get born again. They've got grace gifts inside them, and they think certain ways. That's why one kid, you got to deal with a little bit different than the other kid. Now, we've got some general discipline and rules and values. I mean, nine kids, we had to discipline. It was going to be anarchy and be over. You know what I mean? 
But so we did that and we had that, but all of my kids responded in different ways and Amy's responding different than them and I'm having, and we're having to figure that thing out because there's different spiritual personalities in the rooms. This makes sense to everybody. It's a big deal, you understand. These gifts explain, I believe, your spiritual, tailor-made spiritual warfare. I can almost tell somebody's spiritual gift if you'll tell me how you're regularly having warfare in your life. The devil wants to generally kill, steal, and destroy everybody. He's always speaking his native language lies, but he's specifically, I think, with strategy coming after you to get you to quench your anointing, your grace gift, so you'll walk in the opposite of what it is. So, encouragement people have some of the most discouraging things happen in their lives. Teachers and leaders are seduced to pride. That's my deal. My deal is not... I'm just constantly seduced since I was young of trying to be something, be king, and pride has been knocking at my door my whole life. It's there today again as I stand here and all your eyes are looking at me. I got to bring it to the cross, get my identity in Jesus and not how well this goes. Does that make sense, everybody? Because I'm not going to stop doing my gifting just because I got a bad side, but now I understand. Now I understand when the devil comes to tempt me and go, man, after first service, all these people came out. They're super nice. That was awesome. That was awesome. Right there, I'm at the precipice. Does everybody understand? Is my identity going to be an, oh, I am awesome, and then take me home tonight, and I'll have some encounter with Amy and the kids, and they'll not think I'm as awesome? Or am I going to find my identity in Christ, thank God I was a blessing to you, I get my stuff in Christ? That's a whole other sermon. Mercy people got broken hearts. You've been taken advantage of. Service people, you've been taken advantage of. There's all kinds of stuff going on. Prophesying people, you've been told for a long time in the spirit and maybe even from the church that you're half crazy. Bunch of weirdos. <laughs> Discerning what? We can't even understand half what you're saying sometimes. But you're seeing something. You're seeing it. You're feeling it. You're articulating. And it's a glorious thing when we get the prophetic people working together. Your warfare, I believe, will be stewarded better if you know what your spiritual gift is. Because then you'll go, your warfare all of a sudden isn't a just discouragement, despair, oh my gosh, I'm, your warfare is like confirmation, that's, that's interesting. You're coming after me, devil, I'm the opposite of that, I'm going to break through. You start to go, oh, I get it, I get it, I'm a danger to you. And so now you're coming after me to do this, that changes things. From this vacuum of just devil attack, you start getting actual confirmation of what you actually are. These gifts connect the body of Christ and bring glory to God. They really, we got to have each other in interdependence. He didn't call individuals to be alone. We've got to be together to feed one another. Because when I move in my gifting, and, when, and Aaron, I've done this in meetings. I've been in small groups. When my gifting starts to move, there's an accelerating dynamic that happens. In fact, some of you are having it happen right now. I'm moving in my gifting right now. If you're sensing something stir in your inner man, say amen. amen. I'm not asking if it's a good sermon. I'm done with that. I want to know if I, as I move, I'm telling you, there's a spiritual interaction going on right now. I can see some, some of you are like, your eyes are coming out at me right now. And your hearts are pumping inside you. Because it's not just good information. I'm giving you accurate Bible. But we're having a spiritual interaction here right now. And that's what happens. We're lacking when people aren't moving in their anointing. When you move your anointing, it accelerates somebody else in their anointing. And then it builds and it builds and it builds. And it's this swelling glory that's just so fun to be part of. This best way to know your gift, how do you do that? 
Best way to know your gift or how to notice it is to notice what spontaneously leaps out of you when Christ is needed. I want to put that line up there if we can. You can take a test. Many of you probably taken a test about your gifts, but I want you to know that the ultimate way to know, I believe, what grace gift you have is what leaps up out of your heart immediately when Jesus is needed in a situation. So, when the kid's sitting there, what leapt out of me? Bible verses, leadership, vision, boom. What leaps up out of Amy? Compassion. She can't help herself. You can't help yourself if you're a believer. You're, this thing's coming, trying to come up out of you, and it naturally manifests. Have you ever seen that happen in your life? So when the situation comes in the crisis, the giving person immediately thinks, how are we going to get this financial deal done? How can I get my, the server's like, how can I get that car fixed? That's immediately what they're thinking. The Bible guys think it, the teachers think it, you know, the scriptures. The prophecy person getting a word, and they're wanting to give them and give them encouragement. The, the coach, the encourager, like, come on, doing that. I did a sermon one time and taught this, Aaron, in, in El Dorado, and I, I mocked out a fake story that was terrible, had a gal tell it, and I had people planted, and all seven grace gifts were represented, and they came up around her. So the, the money person started giving her money, and, and, the, and the mercy person fell down and started crying around their feet, and I had them all doing that to manifest the fullness of Jesus. Does that make sense? Around the situation. The good news for you again is you don't have to go get this. It's already in you. It's already in you, and it's been revealing its head, and the devil's been trying to quench it for a long time. And what we're doing here this morning is I'm trying to sharpen you with the Word of God, and I'm trying to get this thing loosed up in you for not only you to walk in your anointing and walk in more power against the enemy, but so you can relate with the body. Because God's not looking to just fill up the Reliance building out west with a bunch of people every week that come and sit and listen to Aaron. He's raising up a dynamic supernatural organism that's moving in its supernatural skills, bringing forth heaven onto earth. Amen? Amen. And you're unstoppable. There's nothing that stops it. How do I get the people contagious? People got, they already are contagious. We just got to get it up out of you. It's in you like a viral something that's going to spread through every neighborhood. These gifts must be known, and I believe they must be matured in for us to make progress in the kingdom of God. I don't know what time lunch is, but I'm going to make you later than you thought because of this. Watch, listen, I need to do lab time just a little bit. How many of you in this room uh, believe that you have a prophesying grace? You have discernment. You get senses. You discern. If you have up and down with your hand, up and down and back down. Great. How many of you believe you have a service grace gift? You're motivated to serve the kid up and down. Oh, look at you people. I love you servants. Jesus says servants are the greatest in the kingdom of God. I'm so sorry this is upside down and gifts like mine stand on platforms. It's just upside down. You're the great ones. Encouragement, if you're an encouragement gift, would you please raise your hand up and down? Great. Uh, did I do teaching? Teaching. Word of God, boom. Leadership, have I got any leaders in the room? Up and down, wonderful. Oh, look at all you. Oh, good luck with that. <laughs> well, they're highly opinionated. I think leadership are the most highly opinionated. It's actually a sign that you're a leader, I think. Um, did I do giving? Yeah. Uh, 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 mercy. How many of you mercy? Okay, great. So here's the dealio. We got a good mix of all this. 
um, just to do due diligence with what we just did in this morning. I hope this blessed you and edified you, and you'll go home and talk about it. Your homework is to please write down your name on one of these and your gifting, and especially if you don't know. And I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand if you don't know, but the team here would love to know your name and what you think you are because the best work about all that I'm doing is going to happen after I go away. They're going to sow this week after week after week and try to get this established, but I need to do this. Prophesying people, would you please stand up where you are right now? Come on, come out of the closet. It's time, right? It's a safe, it's a safe location. We all think you're weird. Let's just get it out there. And we love you. We love you. And we're sorry that you've sent so much rejection and that you've been seduced in an independent spirit, being seduced that everybody's not as spiritual you are. It's not true. The servant guy that wants to fix the combine is just as spiritual as you are if he's in the spirit. Amen? Amen. But it's war, and so it's come against you. So we want to pray for all you. Is this all I got in the room? Come on. Come on, a couple of you. Come on, it's time. Yeah, there you are. Thank you. Yeah. There's more of you. I see you got your hand. You're prophesying, faithful. All right, I'll let you go this time, but there's more of you. Let's pray for these guys. You extend a hand toward them or lay a hand onto them. In Jesus' name, we pray for the prophesying people in the body of Christ. The ears and eyes of the body of Christ, where would we be if they were not seen, if they were not hearing? So bless them. Give them ears to hear, eyes to see. Heal their heart from the rejection that's come even from doctrinal attack. We just pray they'd be set loose uh, to hear you and to walk in that. And may they be calibrated with the word of God not an independent spirit, but they walk with a full body, bless the prophetic people, and accelerate them at a new level. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Service people, up. Service people, service people. Come on. I love you people because I love it when people do stuff for me. I apologize that people like me have taken advantage of you. I apologize that the church honors what's flashy and not what's really high in the kingdom of God. I really mean it. As an elder in the body of Christ in this city, I'm very sorry for that. I'm sorry for people taking advantage of you, and I'm sorry for you feeling wounded and isolated, and we're going to pray for healing for you right now. Let's all pray. Help me pray over these people. Father, for service people, in Jesus' name, bless them, accelerate it. I pray they'd have a revelation of the greatness of service in the kingdom of God. May they no longer look down on their grace gifting. Would you stir it up at new levels, bring accomplishment of tasks, heal their hearts where they've been taken advantage of, and set them loose, O God, to be servants with great courage and great anointing and healed hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Would my teachers stand up, please? Teachers. Oh, look at that. Don't you love the Bible? I got saved at 10 and loved my Bible. There's no way I should have loved my, I like comic books. I like my, I liked it so much. I had a King James Bible and a day by day with Billy Graham. I didn't know half of what I was reading, but I just was like drawn to the Bible, drawn to it because I had a grace gift for that. And so I want to pray for all of you because here's the good news. We can handle the word of God in a healthy way and not turn into Pharisees. We don't have to beat people with principles. We get to lift them up with the word of God. Amen. So, Father God, bless the teachers, bless them, bless the teachers. Let them have a a revival in the scriptures like they've never had before. 
break any untruth off of them. Let the word of God come alive to them. And may they be contagious agents in the body of Christ to cause people to hunger the word of God. We pray they not be intimidating people. They get up under people, serve them. Thank you for our teachers. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Encouragers, please encouragers. Up, 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 encouragers. Has it, have any of you ever experienced any discouragement? You people get discouraged more than almost anybody I know. Because we need you to release hope. You're made to release hope. And the devil's got a vested interest that you people who dispense that into us get down on yourself, self-obsessed, and get depressed. We get it. We're not, we're not shaming you. We're trying to tell you what the devil's up to. So, Father God, in the name of Jesus, bless the encouragers. Bless the coaches and cheerleaders that stand up among us now, these hope dispensers. Bless, bless, bless them. I pray the dark clouds the dark clouds of discouragement would be blown away by the wind of your spirit. Uh, Fill them, bless them, encourage them. Let them climb up out of the pits of despair and may they come out as those coaches and, and cheerleaders of our faith that we so desperately need. Bless the encouragers, we pray in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Givers, would you please stand? Givers, 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 givers. Oh, I love you givers, you know why? I like it when people give me money. That's a bad thing to say out loud. I thought it was funny. It really sounds bad. I'm really sorry about that. The whole culture's warring on you to either love money or fear money. We're going to set you free. Father God, in the name of Jesus, set loose these vessels of financial resource. I pray for supernatural download of financial blessing in their lives, and may they have wisdom of how to dispense it for the glory of God. Touch these givers in this room, the givers who are in the first service, the givers in our city. I pray you touch millionaires and billionaires to stop spending money on themselves, but to unleash it into the kingdom of God. We pray for vision for finances in their lives. May the fear break off of them, and may the obsession of worshiping money break off of them, and may they be set loose to share in Jesus' name. Amen. Would all my leaders please stand up? You know to stand up. I yelled at you last time, didn't I? Yeah, that was good. I love all you opinionated people. You've been judging me since I got up here, haven't you? I do that different. I know you. I know you people. I try to teach. I got a lot of leaders in our Disciple Nations team and everything. I'm like, actually, it's a good sign. Don't get in a critical spirit, but that you have an opinion how a meeting ought to run different, that's actually confirming you're a leader. So you don't have to feel bad about it, but just stop it, okay? So, Father God, I thank you for our leaders. I thank you. They're these ones that can cast vision. Lord, I pray you just, just help their hearts be clear. Let them not have a critical spirit, but let them literally be able to be set free, to lead and serve, to rally and bring order where there's chaos, to bring order where there's chaos and to impart vision where the people have no vision and are perishing. Thank you for our leaders. Give them fresh energy, and may they lead by the power of the Spirit, not by the flesh. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. And lastly, mercy, people. All my criers, stand up. Oh, you weepy, weepy people. I love you so much. I don't understand how you walk with those things, but whatever. Those hearts. Listen, I know this. You've been wounded to try to, you've been wounded and taken advantage of to try to get you to seal up that glorious compassion that's inside the treasure trove that is your heart. We love it. We need it. Jesus healed almost all, multiple times in the gospels. It said he was filled with compassion and then he healed. You guys got a healing grace on you 
You got mercy? I'm pointing right at you, little goatee boy. Yeah. I love it when men stand up, they got mercy. It's hard being a guy having a mercy deal, isn't it? You feel the deep thing, and then you cry at every little point in the movie. And you're like, <laughs> you know the deal. Listen, what? it's in there. Let it out. We need your healing tears to come out. This whole macho whatever man thing is from the culture and not from the Bible. Jesus is weeping over us and loving us and healing us. We need more from you. And I want to say this lastly before I pray for you. I know it's a scary thing to let loose the compassion that's inside you. Because when you feel the pain, it hurts. Has anybody got that? They hurt. I hurt like them. I don't want, you know what I mean? You're kind of like want to run from it. But listen, don't run from it. It'll motivate you to some of the most rich intercession that will ever happen and to serving people in a powerful way. So Father God, bless the mercy people. Bless their hearts. I pray Isaiah 61, bind up their broken hearts. Their tender hearts you designed. We love it. Thank you for placing your heart in such a manifest way in the body of Christ. But we pray they not fear the pain and the compassion they feel, that they'd be healed up from where they've been rejected or stuff's happened to quench up that compassion. I just pray you would swing wide the gates of their hearts. Swing wide the gates of their hearts to let out the good stuff on all the body of Christ. Let the healing tears flow. And Lord, we give you glory for that in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. You may be seated. What do you want to do? Okay, I'd like everybody to stand up. And I'm going to get you to lunch. Are you ready for lunch? I could go another hour, but I got a little bit of mercy in me. What we're going to do is a sign of what we just did because this word, and Aaron said it strategically, was not just for you individually, though it is, but it was for the body. God's building a corporate body, so I need you to grab a hand, grab a little hand next to you. And let us, as a sign before heaven, say that we're for each other, we're with each other, and we want God to do a miracle in us. Father God, thank you for the supernatural body of Christ. Thank you, God, for how you've gifted her, blessed her, filled her. We pray you would unlock all her grace's anointing, that we'd know who we are and we'd know who our family is and know who the body of Christ is around us. May we, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, 16, no longer view each other after the flesh. May we view each other after the spirit. And I pray for a coordination, a calibration, put reliance up on the rack and calibrate, fine-tune her to be the supernatural body that manifests your presence in this part of the city and to the ends of the earth. Thank you for these blessed ones. Protect all their minds and hearts from the birds of the air and the devil that's going to want to steal this away from us this afternoon. We pray these seeds that go deep and bear forth 30, 60, and 100-fold for your glory's sake. Thank you for the precious saints this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen and amen. Thanks for listening today. If you want to find out how to get involved, go to reliancecommunity.org.